Well, greetings and welcome to yet another episode of Gab and Grow, a podcast that will introduce you to people, places, and resources at Western Connecticut State University. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and today we're going to spend some time talking about change, really kind of change in the face of the campus. Our guest today is Mr. Luigi Marconi, who's the Chief Facilities Officer and the Associate Vice President for Campus Planning. I had to take a break after that title. I usually have it's to longer take a pl- than mine. Break as well. <laughs> um, welcome, and thanks for being with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Um, we we want to take some time because there's a lot of construction going on on campus. You know, we're a campus that's always in the midst of some kind of construction, which I think is a great thing about our campus um, because we're not living in you know ancient buildings and things, but. I want to talk a little bit about some of that visible work and then maybe some of the invisible things that people don't necessarily see that have been going on, too. So let's start with, you know, the elephant on campus and Higgins Hall. Well, um, the old adage is you have to break a couple eggs in order to be able to make an omelet. So Mm -hmm. here we are breaking a lot of eggs. Uh, Higgins Hall has been um, a mainstay and an anchor building for us since it opened phase one of Higgins Hall in 19... 05, I think it was. So that started off as being our first science building on campus. Uh, It had a couple of additions put on it, the last one in 1972, Mm -hmm. um, which pretty much doubled the size of the building as we knew it at that point. That was our science center uh, through 2005 when the new science uh, facility opened. The decision back in 2002, 2003 was made to really abandon that building and move sciences to the new facility. Right. So we kind of got left with what I'll call an albatross, right? It it was designed to be a science building. We kind of used it for a bunch of years to to deal with some swing space issues. But then we kind of felt the need to grow, Mm -hmm. right? And that that growth obviously takes a little bit of uh, growing pains. Um, The process in order to be able to do a renovation of that magnitude, which is $36 million, believe it or not, um, takes several years, and I yeah. think that's part of the problem that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of us that have been on campus yeah. more than a handful of years, uh, we know that it, it takes the better part of five to seven years yeah. to to first dream up these projects, mm-hmm. fund them, design them, and then go into construction. We're finally at the phase with Higgins Hall where uh, on May 16th of this past year, we turned it over to a, to a really good general contractor and they're going full bore with the renovation that we hoped for. Uh, the building's going to be completely transformed. It's going to be uh, the the uh, the home of where most of the uh, Macrocosta School of Arts and Sciences will live. Okay. Um, it is where math and computer science will mm-hmm. be working hand-in-hand together. Uh, our DEMA program will be located there, foreign languages, uh, and our communication department. So it's, it's really going to be a brand new home for all of those departments. Uh, while the exterior of the building is getting some facelifts, mm-hmm. the interior of the building is going to be as new. Yeah. Uh, and we're really genuinely Which it excited. Needed, but... oh, it needed it, absolutely. <laughs> if, if you can imagine going through an old, uh, you know, sitting through an old movie and mm-hmm. watching, watching what uh, high schools looked like uh, back in the 40s and the 50s yeah. and the 60s, um, it's pretty much what, what Higgins Hall looked like. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be getting some beautiful brand-new windows, brand-new teaching facilities. Right. Everything's going to be state-of-the-art. There isn't a pipe that's left in those walls. Um, brand-new central air conditioning throughout the building. 
and of course, uh, the code compliance issues that we all uh, never see and never really right. take into consideration. So sprinkler systems, new mm -hmm. elevators, new electrical wiring, uh, connections for emergency generators, those are all the yeah, really... they're important. <laughs> well, they're important when you need them, yeah. you know, but people don't realize how much they cost. Yeah. And, and that's a big aspect of what we do. It's mm -hmm. uh, We, we want to be in tune with the sexy projects, right. uh, the things that people really consider the mm -hmm. mainstream of what we, we want to envision on campus. Mm -hmm. But with that comes a lot of work that just people don't see behind the walls. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's where we are. Um, we're hoping um, and we're very, very hopeful that the, the project will be uh, completely finished and turned over to us in early June. Okay. Um, of this coming year. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a full one-year project. Yep. The, the, the building will be turned back over to us. We'll have all of next summer uh, to bring in furniture, equipment, and then start moving our faculty in. Um, it will be open for the start of the fall semester. Yeah. If they're working on it the way they have been this summer, I have no doubt that it'll be that it'll be done because there's been a lot of work going on there. There is, and uh, and I think um, the general contractor that uh, that's been on the job has has hired an amazing group of subcontractors. Um, I usually don't give a lot of kudos to the people with the wrecking balls, but mm -hmm. these guys have done a great job. They they really have understanding what was in the building to begin mm -hmm. with, uh, and if uh, we have an opportunity at some point, I'm I'm hoping to be able to to do a video tour of, of the building uh, over a, a series of phases. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll, we'll actually be able to, to not only envision, but actually visualize right. what it looks like uh, during demolition and then yeah. construction. Yeah, that's, that's a fun part of the process, having lived through some of them before. It's, it's really kind of fun to watch the befores and afters and how you get from one to the other. So. It, it is. And, and uh, you know, for our incoming freshmen, incoming transfers, the folks that have never seen what it looked like mm -hmm. before, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, but the workhorse buildings that we've had yeah. on campus for many years, uh, the White Halls, the mm -hmm. Berkshire Halls, and, and the Higgins, that's the last of the workhorses. Yep. Those, those are the last of the legacy buildings that mm -hmm. we have. Um, other than those three, uh, you know, we're, we're essentially a newer campus. Yep. Um, which is an amazing segue because yeah. that also explains some of the other projects that we're moving towards. Um, uh, right now, we're in final uh, throes of, of going out to bid for the renovation of the second and third floor of Whitehall. We've nice. actually deferred uh, starting construction until late spring of this coming year. Mm -hmm. uh, second and third floor of Whitehall will be completely renovated. Again, new central air, new yep. wiring, new bathrooms, new everything. Uh, and that's going to be the home of our nursing department and our education department. You know, we've had a lot of discussions about the growth of those pro right. programs, the infrastructure needed to make them mm -hmm. successful. Uh, the, the amount of technology required in both those right. programs is really um, you know, monumental at times. And, and the needs change on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to create the, the teaching spaces that will be flexible enough into the future to support them and the students. Yeah. So uh, again, that's going to be another nine to 10 month project. Yep. It's gonna kick off uh, early uh, spring of this year. Um, and as people are moving out of Whitehall and into Higgins, uh, we're gonna be migrating into those next uh, steps. Yep. And we've had some other projects going on on campus this summer. It's not just everything in Higgins Hall either. No, it's not. <laughs> we've, uh, we, we're constantly on the move. And as you mentioned earlier, unless Unless we're changing and modifying and improving, I, I think it kind of 
gives the impression that a campus is dead, mm -hmm. right? So we're constantly trying to anticipate the needs of what our students want, what of our faculty need. Um, and I think we've been relatively successful at being proactive. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that we're working on right now, which, you know, again, uh, if you have a sexy meter, we don't want to <laughs> uh, offend anybody, but uh, you know the, the the projects that are really really exciting are are the things that students want and use. Um, yeah. So we're doing always classroom improvements. We've created a brand new classroom uh, facility inside the Haas Library mm -hmm. uh, in order to deal with the classroom shortfall that we've had yeah. uh, with Higgins Hall going offline. Uh, we're building a brand new ceramic studio in White Hall, uh, something that uh, folks have been dreaming about for yeah. many years. While ceramics seems to be one of those programs that people take because they want to, it is mm -hmm. an essential part of the um, core curriculum. It is, right. It's one of the most popular classes for non-art majors to take as mm -hmm. part of that, that, uh, that element. Um, we're working on a dining expansion at the Westside Campus mm -hmm. Center. We're building a brand new uh, technology resource center at the Westside Campus mm -hmm. Center as well. All of these projects will be open for the start of the fall semester. Um, in addition, um, brand new elevator at the Haas Library. Much needed. Much needed. <laughs> uh, and that was actually from the original building because a lot of people don't know it, but Haas was a different building before and it kind of had a new building that expanded out and wrapped around right. it. But those were part of the original elevator things, I think, in they the were. original building. So they were. Haas yeah, Library. They've been around for a while. <laughs> originally looked like a big white Rubik's cube. Yeah, it looked like a prison. <laughs> and we put this amazing, beautiful addition around it, but left the original elevators in the center mm -hmm. of that cube. Uh, so we're finally removing the old original elevators and putting one brand new ADA accessible yeah. elevator in the center. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, one of the things that, that you're also responsible for, well, a lot of things that you're responsible for, fall into the maintenance and facilities end of things, too. And I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that, particularly because it's something that that is so vital to what goes on on a university, but nobody ever pays attention to it. You know, we've Until got, it goes wrong. Right. But we've got this incredible staff of, of custodians and maintainers mm -hmm. and and technicians and things who are busy here every day doing something, and we just kind of overlook them. So can we talk a little bit about them? Love to. So th these are these are the folks that make everything happen, whether folks are here or not for classes, uh, night and day. Uh, in some instances, we've got three shifts running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, especially during heating season. You know, these folks are the nuts and bolts of what we do. And when everybody goes home because of a snow day, a mm -hmm. holiday, uh, it's too hot, a power outage. These yeah. are the folks that stay They're on the here. job. They're yeah. here, right? And these are the folks that are here away from their families, yep. even in times of crisis and emergency. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for acknowledging, yeah. first of all, the fact that they are so dedicated and professional. So these are the folks that that sometimes are the invisible folks behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, the guys that always wear the blue T-shirts that yep. say staff on them. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure that folks understood that these are staff members. Mm -hmm. You know, they are committed to the to the work that they do. Yeah. Our custodial staff in particular, I, I, you know, there's a couple of things that I always say about custodians. First of all, 
I hate the fact that sometimes people use the term janitor interchangeably mm -hmm. because a janitor cleans, a custodian mm -hmm. actually owns the space. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the the level of loyalty that I think our folks yep. have. They truly believe that the space is there uh, and theirs. The, the other thing is that it takes a really special kind of person to go in like a custodian, mm -hmm. do the job every day, knowing that it's going to be undone yep. by the end of their yep. shift and have to start it all, all over, over again, again the next day. Right. Yeah. So those those are the kind of the, the attributes, the, the character of those folks that that we're trying to to have people understand. Yep. Um, so we contract out very little work on this campus. Mm -hmm. Most of the work that is done is done by our internal resources. Yep. Uh, we have about 120 people within the facilities division. Uh, the largest group is the custodial staff. Yep. Those folks clean every building, night and day, residence halls, doesn't matter mm -hmm. what it is. Those are the folks that are in there when uh, something is broken or a toilet overflows. Those are the folks that are responding mm -hmm. and just an um, amazing group of individuals. Yep. Um, again, with our repairs, heating and cooling, uh, Again, we're responsible for all those things. We own all of those things, and we try to do the best we can. Yeah. Uh, we have been uh, uh, perplexed by the staffing levels over over years. Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, everybody's dealing with budgetary constraints yeah. and financial constraints. Uh, but we've kind of made our, our team better, stronger by making them a little bit more efficient. We've, we've tried to absorb many of those um, deficiencies and tried mm -hmm. to overcome them. Uh, in spite of those staffing levels. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I just want to say, whether you live in the residence halls or you're a student and just are walking around campus sometimes is to, you know, try to be conscientious. The campus is all of ours. And and so, you know, if there's a paper lying on the ground or something, I can be as guilty of this as anyone else. But I really, if I see a mess, I try to pick it up and throw it in the trash sure. can or something and and look out for the spaces that I own because I live here too and I want them to look nice and it's not just always someone else's job. It's it's all of it's our all of jobs. Ours. Exactly. And that's a yeah. cultural uh, shift that I think we need to accept, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think one of the biggest things that uh, we all recognize is sometimes we'll walk past something mm -hmm. and say, hmm, that's broken or that's yeah. wrong or that's dirty. There are mechanisms for us to be able to report those yeah. things, right? So whether you're a faculty member or a staff member or a student, you know, tell somebody. Yeah. If we don't know about it, then we can't fix it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most troubling things that as a right. as a facilities professional I mm -hmm. deal with because we just don't have enough people out there to go looking yeah. for work. Yeah. I'd love to have an opportunity to fix everything, but I need to know about right. it. Right. And, and I say that to students all the time, tell us, because if you don't tell us, we don't necessarily know. Right. We're not at a space every day and seeing right. it. Right. You know, we're, we're getting close on time, but I did want to touch base, even though we're recording this in the summer and it's going to air in the fall, winter comes really quickly around here sure sometimes. Does. So I just want to talk because, you know, the, the whole winter season has its own challenges and things. Could you talk just a little bit about things like delays and cancellations sure. and things that students need to do to be more cautious maybe of and course. helpful so, during the winter season? <laughs> um, so we get a lot of complaints and very few accolades during mm -hmm. the during the winter, and that's okay. Um, I, I think the biggest challenge that we have is parking. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if people really pay much attention to it, but there is a seasonal parking ban. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's snow on the ground or a threat of snow, 
is when it's enforced. Yeah. Uh, so there's no parking on any of the surface lots. There's no parking on University Boulevard at the West Side Campus whenever snow is on the ground or predicted uh, in the overnight, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives us an opportunity to actually clean up and make things safe. Yeah. Uh, if we don't have that opportunity, it makes it very, very difficult. Um, the other thing that I want to try and touch on is timing. Mm -hmm. We make decisions in order to be safe, right? So whenever we make a decision to close or dismiss early uh, or delay an opening, um, you know, on the morning side, we, we always make those decisions and those announcements by 5, mm -hmm. 5.30 in the morning at the very yeah. latest. That's to prevent people from getting on the road and mm -hmm. being on campus when they don't have to be. Right. The reason we close is because the campus or the surrounding area around the campus is unsafe for travel. So we really ask that people acknowledge that. When we're closed, don't expect the campus to be, you know, asphalt and, and, and lawns. It's mm -hmm. just not. We're closed in order to be able to, to manage the, the event, whatever that event may be. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, there are there are snow removal things in terms of west side you know, if you can get into the Centennial Garage, do that. But remember there and here on the Midtown campus, having that upper floor, it's going to be closed off because we're going to have to go in and remove snow up there. Exactly. You know? So exactly. there are some things to keep in mind and to just use some caution, things that you would normally do if you're walking on snow and ice. Be careful when you're walking around campus because as good a job as gets done here, you know, you can't keep up with it all the time, and you can't hit everything at the right space in time. So, you know, you, you just exercise good judgment. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think um, whether we're getting two inches or eight inches, it takes the better part of six hours for yeah. us to clear the snow. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people need to be aware of yeah. that. Um, obviously, if you have a storm or an event that's greater than, than six to eight inches of snow, mm -hmm. We need to go out there multiple times, yep. and it takes many hours. Our teams are typically out there on, you know, a 12-inch snow event. Uh, they're out there for, for 20 to 30 hours straight. Yep. Uh, it takes many days sometimes to clear the snow out of every area, clear the parking lots, and then eventually get to the athletic facilities. Yep. So we just ask people to be patient. Yep. Well, we're just about out of time, so um, is there anything that you want us to know that's going on or well, we've got some amazing projects on our horizon, and I think the nice thing is that um, all of this information is typically available on the facilities website. I can touch very quickly on the things that we're working on now, um, and we've talked about some of them. Uh, I think the most exciting things are what's on our horizon, um, and I think Berkshire Hall is probably the one thing that I think most people will like uh, to get some information on mm -hmm. at some point. Uh, Berkshire Hall is our next big project. We are in the midst of doing design work now. We hope that that building will be our new student center uh, for occupancy sometime in April of 2022. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Luigi, for being with us today. Um, I certainly appreciate it. And for those of you listening, as I always say, if you have any questions about things that are going on that didn't get answered here today, or you have ideas for topics you'd like to hear us cover, send me a quick email. My email address is griffinm at wcsu.edu. And uh, I think that's it. I'm sure we're going to have you back to talk about other things that are going on. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Mary Beth. All right. Until next time, we'll see you then at Gab and Grow. So long. <laughs>